You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It's another great day to experience some life change through Jesus. Amen. Amen. My name is Byron. I get the great privilege to be able to serve here as the lead pastor. I want to say thank you for joining us and everybody who is joining online today. is going to be a great day, special day, because I get to introduce to you one of my friends, Pastor Isaac from Grace Church. You know, right now we are kicking off our small group, so make sure you sign up in the lobby. And we always say here at Redemption to never do life alone, that life is better in community. And that's true for you, but it's also true for us as a church and for us as a leadership team. So we love to build relationships with other churches, with other pastors, to learn from them, to, to get wisdom, and to build networking and relationships because I don't know if you know this or not, but, but churches aren't gangs, right? So we can actually build relationships with other churches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and also, they have wisdom that they pour into us. And so uh, Grace Church has been one of those churches for us here at Redemption. Grace Church actually hosts the CMN conference that happens every year. And our staff and team, we go to Grace Church for that. And I built great friendships relationships and mentoring from their pastors, Pastor Garrett, Pastor Dan, Pastor Dallas, and Pastor Isaac, who is going to be here today. He oversees the Grace Leadership College, where he's raising up leaders and, and young adults and people who have a burden for ministry, a call into ministry. And he's here to serve us today by bringing the word. So redemption, if you would give Pastor Isaac a big redemption welcome as he brings the word. Pastor Isaac, thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Byron. Uh, Redemption Church, oh, it's so good to be with you this morning. Me and my wife, Haley, we are, have a growing friendship with your pastors, uh, Pastor Byron and Ashley. And listen, he's so true, he's so correct when he says that life is better in community. And that's the same true with churches. And so you need to know that if it's your first time here or you've been calling Redemption your church home for a while, this is good soil. And you could put roots down deep here. Because God is moving and, he, and he's growing. And I've been able to uh, just to admire Pastor Brian, Byron from afar and now uh, up close in person. You guys as a church, six years strong. And I'm believing that the next six years are going to be even better than the ones here. The growth, the serve team, are you kidding me? The growth and what God has been able to do through this house, through this place called Redemption has been incredible. Are you kidding me? We're going now to three services. Y'all, this is a big deal. You don't understand. The growth that is evident because of that is so, so powerful. Hey, and so we're about a history today because this is the last 9 a.m. that will have ever taken place. <laughs> so fun. Hey, you know, the, 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 uh, the timing for the three services is just perfect because this is the also the last Sunday where, uh, before football season starts. So if you show up to the 8.30, yes, you can say you love Jesus more, but really you might like football more because you're going to get home in time. You can even serve the second and get home before uh, kickoff. So, so, so fun. Again, let's go ahead and dive into scripture today. The title of our message is simply this, keep your confidence. Go and turn, turn to the person next to you and say, keep your confidence. 
Because how many of you know, those of you joining us online as well, how many of you know it's one thing to have confidence? It's a whole nother thing to keep your confidence. <laughs> you can have confidence all of a sudden in a moment, but keeping your confidence is a whole nother ball game. And I want us to dive into scripture today, get a little inspired, get a little encouraged on how we can keep our confidence in, in fact, God. Philippians 1 verse 6 is the passage that we're going to dive into this morning. And it reads this. This is the NIV translation. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What this passage tells me is that I can have an unshakable confidence in God. I can keep my confidence in him because what he starts in me, he will finish. He doesn't start building something and then not finish it. He's not some contractor that you hire to finish a job or do a job and then all of a sudden jet out halfway through. No, for those of you in this room and you think that God has stopped building your life, can I tell you what he starts, he will finish. We're, he's not done with you and me. I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God's not done building me. I'm so glad that what he starts, he will finish inside of me. That's what this verse is saying. The apostle Paul is writing this for, for us. Essentially, he's saying that God is the ultimate delivery system. If he says he's going to do it, he will do so. He will finish what he starts. He's the ultimate delivery system. And when I think of delivery systems, I think back to 2020. And I think back to the reality of just how, how important and how crucial delivery systems were back in 2020. In fact, now it's become the primary way that we kind of receive everything. Uh, 2020 was my first encounter and first experience with what has become a dangerous thing in my life. Um, DoorDash. Ladies and gentlemen, DoorDash. I had no idea that I could order Cheesecake Factory, stay in my pajamas, and have it delivered straight to my door, Pastor Brymer. And I had no clue. Are you kidding me? The danger that is the ease in which DoorDash can bring you all the carbs and sugars and things that you could possibly want. Oh, the delivery systems. And don't you dare get me started on Amazon Prime. There is a God, like seriously, like Amazon Prime. It's incredible. I mean, for some of us in this room, maybe you have, maybe you have been bitten by this Amazon Prime bug. But basically, every two days now at the Elsner House, it's Christmas. <laughs> because we forget what we bought and it shows up at our doors like, oh, here's a package. I wonder what it is. <laughs> uh, what is funny though, um, I, I think there might be a little bit of... of of stalker in every single one of us because uh, I, I do not like the person that I become uh, waiting for a package to arrive. <laughs> it's like incessant checking on your phone, right? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Just the incessant checking all of a sudden. Like, and if there's a delay in the delivery by any, in, in a single day, an hour, whatever have you, I mean, all of a sudden it's like everything breaks loose. It's like we have problems here uh, in the Elsner house. Uh, uh, delivery systems. 
You know, what's funny is, is that we can lose our confidence when it comes to people. We can lose our confidence when it comes to humanity because so often we find ourselves in situations where things have been promised and then they're not delivered on. But that's not the case when it comes to our God. He is faithful to deliver on everything he says. I know that there's moments and seasons in yours and my life where we have failed to deliver on what we have said. Oh, wives in the room, you're thinking about your husband right now and the honey-do list that is so ever constantly growing. Can I get an amen from the men in the house? The husbands in the house, seriously, I don't understand how this list just is continually grows. And every time I seem to scratch the line off, it just gets that much, that much larger. And uh, we as humanity can fail on what we say time and time again. But I'm here to inject some hope and some encouragement in you in this morning for you to know that what God says he will do, I am confident in this. You can keep your confidence keep your confidence. The apostle Paul, he, he penned this passage. He was a master at keeping his confidence in God, regardless of what took place. And I want to dive into a story that I honestly feel like kind of backs as he's pinning Philippians 1, 6. I can imagine him thinking back to this moment in his life where, wow, my confidence was even more solidified. Uh, Acts 27 is where we find this story. And the apostle Paul essentially Man, God had put promises over his life. God was taking Paul places. He was advancing the kingdom of God. He was planting churches like Redemption Church, right? All over, uh, all over the uh, area of Jerusalem, then Antioch. And then ultimately he had this like, he had this promise from God, this desire in his heart to go to Rome. In fact, God said, hey, Paul, guess what? you're straight up going to Rome. It's going to happen. He's holding on to this. And here we find this story actually coming to life. In this moment, we see Paul actually being able to head out towards this promise that God has said he would deliver on. Are you ready? Acts 27.1, check it right here. This is the New Living Translation. It says, when the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners... Hold on. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. Hold on one second. God said, Paul, I put a promise in your heart. You want to go to Rome to advance the gospel? Guess what? You're going to Rome. Paul's like, sweet God, let's do this thing. But in this moment, we do not find Paul as a passenger to Rome. We find him, in fact, a prisoner. Paul is not a free man. Paul is a chained man. And in this moment, I can only imagine that Paul is probably wrestling with this tension that every single one of you, including myself here in this room, wrestles with on a day-to-day -day basis. That when it comes to what God has said, when we don't see it, <laughs> where does our confidence go? Because in Paul's mind, in this moment, I do not think that he thought that he would be traveling to Rome as a prisoner, as a chained man. No, how is God going to accomplish this in my life? Which brings us to this first thought today of how you're going to keep your confidence. How do you and I keep our confidence in a God that will finish what he starts? Point number one for you this morning is this. If you're going to keep your confidence in God, 
We must <laughs> prioritize what God says over what we see. We must prioritize what God has said over what we see. This is why we say keep your confidence, not have confidence. Because the tension is mounting. <laughs> You're thinking of moments and times and areas in your life where you know that God has said something. I mean, think about it. Whether you've been following Jesus for a while, whether, uh, whether this is your first like week of even following him, maybe you gave your life to Christ last Sunday, right? And you've been diving into scripture. Pastor Byron talked about how we got to get into scripture and have the, 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 the surgeon, the, the, the health of needed to be able to, to, to understand God's, God's word. You're diving in to that, even in those moments, you're seeing promises that God has said over your life. But what happens when what God says doesn't match what we see? <laughs> what happens when, what, what do you do with your confidence when the circumstances around you do not match <laughs> what God has spoken? I mean, I, so transparency here, like there's different promises from God. I'm just going to roll some off for you just within scripture that I speak over my life all the time. And yet time and time again, my circumstances don't, don't match it. I, maybe you can relate. What God says doesn't match what I see. First John 5.14 specifically says that when I pray to God, he hears me. He hears me. It's a promise. My, my prayers do not fall on deaf ears. And yet, how come so many times I'll have a quiet time in the morning or at night, and I feel like my prayers just hit the ceiling and come straight back down? Or I say, I'm over and over repeating, God, would you bring breakthrough here? 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 And it's just not, I don't see it happening. What do you do? With the confidence, how do you keep it like that? Uh, Psalms 37 verse 4 says that God gives me my heart's desires. <laughs> Not that he gives me everything I want. He just puts the desires in my heart. And so then I, I, I start taking steps forward into the, the desires that he has placed there. But what do I do when I don't understand the next step that I should be taking to achieve those desires that I know are, in fact, God-given? What do you do? Uh, these natural wrestlings that we all struggle with and suffer with as, as, as followers of Christ. Proverbs 18, 24. He's a friend that sticks closer to than a brother. Then why am I so lonely? Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, we see that on every gym locker. And <laughs> why... Am I continuing to struggle with this addiction or this sin? Or this where, how, the tension? For I am confident in this. You have to prioritize what God says. What we see, Psalm one twenty seven seven. God's my ultimate protection. Well, then why? Why are we continuing? Why is this, this, this health crisis seem to be consistent within my family line? I'm not understanding. That's why we have to keep it. We keep it. We keep it. We must prioritize what God has said over what we see. It must stay in front of us because this is where we get stuck. 
This is where we get stuck as followers of Christ, right? This is where it, the, when the rubber meets the road, when our faith gets tested, what do we do? I think another way of saying this, Paul might say it a little differently. I think Paul would say it like this. We need to care more about the promise than the package the promise is wrapped in. In other words, like, don't get caught up in the packaging. This reminds me of the fact that I am like the worst rapper when it comes to gift wrapping. Okay, I'm not talking about, I'm not like talking about that. I mean, clearly, like there's nothing about me that would insinuate anything regarding that. Um, uh, no, like wrapping gifts, right? Like seriously, uh, I, 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 am the, I am notorious for saving the, the I'm, I'm notorious for being the, the gift bag guy. You know what I'm saying? Anybody the gift bag guy? It's like, I'm gonna do the bag. I ain't gonna wrap the box. I'm not gonna, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna spend time putting paper. No, no, I'm the gift bag guy. I, not only that, I'm the reusable gift bag guy. I'm the guy that saves the birthday bag from like five years ago and has a little stash like in my closet to like then re-gift. You know, if you're my friend, you might have ultimately seen the same bag over. It's just like being recycled. It's just being just circled around. I'm not the gift wrap person. Now my wife, Haley, on the other hand, she can attest and she might, there might be other ladies in the room like her. Um, when it comes to when it, when it comes to a gift, uh, uh, the, the wrapping is like just as important as actually what's even on the inside. <laughs> like for some people, the packaging makes the gift. If you don't package it right, then it doesn't. Listen, I'm the kind of guy that I don't, I just care what's on the inside. Let me, let it be good on the inside. Is it what I asked for? I don't even care if you wrapped it or put a bow on it. Just put it in front of my face. Let's go. That's what... I want, and I feel like for so many of us, we lose sight on how God is actually fulfilling the promises that he has spoken over our lives because we're looking for it to come in a certain package. And God's saying, leave the shipping and handling to me. Leave the shipping and handling to me. I'm gonna deliver it however I want. I mean, think about it. Like our God is a master he is a master at delivering on what he says in a weird package. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like he, he brought uh, salvation to a nation, the slaying of a giant, the delivery of a nation through the delivery system of a little shepherd boy. You know, he, he, he delivered Joshua and the walls of Jericho coming crashing down through the delivery system of a silent march. He brought an entire nation out of slavery through a man with a speech impediment. He brought salvation to the world through the delivery system of a baby. Are you kidding me? God will deliver whenever, however, he says he wants. Don't get caught up in the packaging. In other words, it might not be the job you want right now, <laughs> but it's the job you need right now. It might not be the season that you are currently, like, like that you've envisioned in your mind, parents in the room, college students in the room, this season might look differently than what you were expecting, but it's a season that is setting you up for the success to the next one. I'm saying, focus more on the promise than the package, the promise 
is wrapped in. We have to prioritize what God has said more than what we are currently seeing. You might feel disqualified, but God qualifies the called. It's who he is. He's what, it's what he does. Paul would say, keep your confidence in God. Prioritize what God has said for what we see. And that sounds all good. And I love that. That preach is really great. And this story, you know, it'd be awesome if it, if it got better, but it actually gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. Paul's a prisoner, not a passenger. He's not a free man. He's a chain man. He's still headed in the direction that God has called for him, but it doesn't get better. It gets worse, which leads me to our second thought today on how you keep your confidence in God. If you're going to keep your confidence in God, This is so powerful. We have to let go. We have to let go of how God will and hold on to that God will. We have to let go of how God's gonna do something and hold on to that he will do something. Look at at the story, Uh, uh, verses 13, 13 through 15. Look what happens next. It says, when a light wind began blowing from the south, The sailors thought that they could make it, so they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly. Come on, Beaumont, how do we know it? And a wind of typhoon strength called the Northeaster. They were naming hurricanes even back then. (laughs) Burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. All of a sudden, they're in the middle of a storm, out to sea. It takes me uh, back to the last time I was, in fact, out to sea. Uh, I I shudder to remember this story um, because it was one of these moments in my life where, let's just say, well, I'm not proud of. Uh, let, let, me, let me paint it for you. I'm a huge fisherman, love to fish, and it was the first day of red snapper season. So we go out of Port O'Connor. It's a, it's a, it's a, the, the boat, it's a triple engine, like eight person boat. I mean, this is like a, like a private, like deep sea experience. Like we are going in. Any other fishing fans in the house, you love to fish, bass fishing, saltwater fishing, you name it. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be Mecca, yo. Like this is going to be really, really good. I'm so excited. In fact, I have a picture of just how the day started. Like, look at this photo. And that's actually, no, that's, that's, that's how it ended. There you go. That's how it started. Look at those smiley faces. Like, there's no, I'm so expectant, I'm so ready to go. I mean, it's calm and smooth in the bay. This is amazing, sunny skies. And little did I know, you already saw the precursor of what's about to happen next. I I experienced four to eight foot swells, and within the next 30 minutes, this is what we end up looking like right here. Ladies and gentlemen, Your boy right here was chumming the sharks. It was coming out of both ends, okay? It was incessant. It was a problem for the next, oh my gosh, he just went there. For the next eight hours, for the next eight hours, this was my face. Look at this face. This is the face. Next slide. This is the face of a man making deals with God. This is a face of a man that is crying for his life. Guys, I didn't pick up a fishing pole the entire time. Four to eight foot swell. I didn't pick up a rod, okay? It was just a nonstop. Kadoosh, kadoosh, 
Kadoosh, you're getting seasick <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm not proud of that moment. The frailty of humanity. <laughs> why, do I, why, why do I share this story with you? Um, <laughs> please take it off the screen. <laughs> Uh, I, I wasn't even in a storm. And yet Paul here, he's in a storm. They, so big they named this storm. And the truth of the matter is in you and my life, we all are experiencing storms. And for some of you, you think that's funny. But at the end of the day, you're not in a laughing matter. And your storm that you're experiencing in your life isn't named the Northeastern. Your, your storm that you're encountering and experiencing is... It's named, it's named financial crisis. I mean, the, 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 the Biden bucks, the stimulus checks, you know, I mean, they worked for a little bit and they helped and stuff. But, but at the end of the day, with now inflation, it's like it's getting too much. And, and you're stewarding your finances well and, and you're working hard. It's not, you're even putting God first with the tithe. But for some reason, it's just still so stinking tight. You're like, what do I do? Maybe your storm's not that. Maybe it's, maybe it's divorce. Maybe you and your spouse, it's just, more, it's just more disagreements than agreements. And, 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 and spouse, all of a sudden you, you recognize that there's some other type of situation going on. There's, there's a pornography addiction connected and, 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 it's taken, and you're just like, what do, what do I do with this moment? Do they even love me? Am I even faithful? What? It's a storm. For some of you, maybe it's... Maybe it's like a teenage mutiny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you're parenting. You're doing the best you can. Doing the best you can. But it doesn't seem like anything is getting through their heads, right? It's like, what? Are, God, I'm at, my, I'm at my, my, my wits. It's real life storms. For some of us, it's the storm of transition. <laughs> it's a storm of transition. And it's in transition. It, the, the one thing that we are clear on is that we are not clear, <laughs> on certain things. And we know that God has said something, but I don't see what could be next. And transition has a way of throwing you about and tossing you to the winds and the waves. What do you do with the storm like this? Paul would say that you need to hold on, not to how God's gonna do something, but hold on to that he will do something. That he will do it. That he will do it. Huh. What does your confidence hold on to in this moment? Because think about it. It's not just Paul in the story. There's sailors in it too. There's other characters. In fact, the, uh, the, the Dr. Luke, he was more than likely the one pinning this. He was on this ship with Paul. That's why this story is written in the type of person that, that it is. And look at further, 18 through 20. Look at what other people in this moment are, are doing. It says, the next day as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began to throw the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. They began to bail. <laughs> the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and stars until all hope was gone. And I think this is just so applicable for us in our walk with Christ, is that in the moment we lose sight and we focus on the how instead of the will, what we end up doing is we start to bail. We start to bail. I don't know maybe what you've, maybe for the first time are now recognizing that you've been bailing on. 
Maybe you're bailing on community because of what was said about you or to you and you feel betrayed. And so uh, you think that the best thing to do is to bail and to isolate yourself. Can I tell you that's the exact opposite you need to be doing. You need to be doubling down. (laughs) Doubling down on the very thing. Whenever you hear the thought and the idea to bail, I would say double down. (laughs) Double down. Double down on what God has said. Well, you know, one of the main things that I find myself doing in moments where I, 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 what I see doesn't connect to what God has said is I, I bail on obedience. <laughs> I bail on obedience. I, I bail on where God clearly has said certain things on how to live my, my life, the, the ways of Jesus, right? It's one thing to believe, but it's another thing to follow him, right? I, I find myself bailing on, on the obedience, but that's the only way that God can continue to finish what he has started in yours and my lives is if the obedience is still there. You can keep your confidence in God because there's a trust, but then there must also be an obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. (laughs) How do you keep your confidence? Double, I say double down on obedience, but you have the sailors here. They're not doubling down. They're bailing down. And Paul is doing the exact opposite. Look at how this story continues. It's so fascinating. Look at the struggle. Can you relate to the characters here? Look at this. Look at the back and forth here. Paul, he's not bailing. He's doubling down. Verses 23 to 26. Check this out. It says, Paul goes, but take courage. (laughs) As sailors are throwing stuff over the ship. (laughs) Take courage. Like picture, how does Paul do this? How does Paul convey this? How does he say this? I don't understand how he's doing this. Take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how he's, I'm just saying, I think this is how he said it. You know, uh, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Like, like, think of that. Think of that moment. Like, and look, this is what happens. Like, look at what happens. You have, you have this, like, did you, did you, did you experience the selective hearing (laughs) in that moment? Like you have Paul and then you have the sailors and Paul is saying, all Paul is seeing, all Paul is holding on to, all Paul is confident in is that God will save. God is, we're going to be saved. We're going to make it. And all the sailors are doing is holding on to the how. We're going to lose the ship. Guys, God is faithful. And every single one of you are going to reach your destination. How is this going to happen? The ship is going to break. Don't you see yourself at this moment? I see myself like, which one are you? I feel like there's so many of us, we're like a little bit of both depending upon the day and depending upon the moment. You know, it's like, I'm confident. Thank you, God. No. (laughs) But for the next 13 verses, 
all anybody is trying to do is to save the ship. All of the energy, the time, and the effort, and the investment is going to save the ship. How much energy and time and effort would you have saved in your life if you would have just let it go of a how and was holding on to the fact that God will? Because what we do is we hold on to the how oh so tightly, don't we? We hold on to the how. God, if you're going to provide, it's got to come through this job. <laughs> God, if you are going to bring, you're going to bring fulfillment to my life through a relationship, it must be this person. <laughs> God, if you are going to start a family through us, then it must be through childbirth. God, if you are going to do something, oh, this is our favorite how, the how of now. <laughs> God, if it's going to happen, then it must happen now. I need expedited shipping on this situation right here and now. God's saying, don't hold on to the how. Hold on to the will. Prioritize what I say over what you see. Don't get caught up in the packaging because all of the hows, they can be unstable. They can be shaken. But my will is never shaken. It's never shaken. It will always stand. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Paul's confidence, it was connected, it was connected to the will, not to the how. Paul had let go of how, and he was holding on to will. You will get to your destination in your life. You will. You will receive provision. You will. Your marriage can be restored. It will. God will bring healing. He will. He will fulfill his will through your life. You're not ready for this next part. You're not ready for this next part. You don't understand. God is so cool. He's so, oh, I love the humor of God in this story. Check this out. Check this out. God said, God said that you're going to make it safely and the ship's going to break. You have one group of people holding on to a howl and you have one man holding on to the will. For some of you, you might be the only person that is holding on to the will of God. Huh? But just you watch. Watch how God will deliver every single time. Verse 41. Verse 41 and the dude 43b and then 44. Look at this. 41, it says this. It says this right here. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. And the bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves. And it began to break apart. 43b. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to the planks or debris from the broken ship. So everyone escaped safely to shore. You see it? See, I'm gonna read it again. I'm gonna read it again, just so you, just so you, we are, we can visualize this. Check this out. Look at this. It says here that but they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and it began to break apart. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make to land. The others held on to the, the planks and the breeze of the broken ship. And in doing so, everyone made it safely to shore. Are you kidding me? God still used the ship. <laughs> he still used the boat. It just looked a little different than what they were expecting. 
Redemption Church, we serve a God who will deliver on his will however he wants. Don't hold on to the how, hold on to the will. (laughs) Hold on to the will, hold on to the will. The broken pieces, the broken pieces of the ship, the broken pieces of the boat, the broken pieces of our lives, the broken areas of relationship, the damage. He's a master at delivering on his promises. However, he wants. For some of you this morning, all you feel like you're holding onto in your life is broken pieces. I would say, don't you dare let go. Don't you dare let go. Because God can always, he can always, this is point number three. How do you keep your confidence? How do you keep your confidence? How do you keep your confidence in God? Remember, Jesus can always bring redemption from wreckage. Jesus can always bring redemption from wreckage. Sometimes, like, sometimes God, sometimes he allows the boat to break to see exactly what we're holding on to. What are you holding on to? Are you holding on to a how? Or are you holding on to Jesus? Are you holding on to the author and perfecter of your faith? He can always bring redemption out of the wreckage because hold on, I've seen this delivery system before. This is a callback. This is a callback to just a few years before where God chose to take broken pieces of wood and use it as a delivery system, as a vessel to bring life from death, to bring hope and joy to a world that is lost. He's done it before. He can do it again. He can always bring redemption from the wreckage in our lives. Every single time. Redemption church, what do we, we keep a confidence for I'm confident in this. I'm confident in this, not in, not, not in, that me who began a work in me, no, 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 no. He who began a good work in, in me, in me, in me, not out, no, in me. It's an inside job. It's an inside job. For some of you in this room this morning, you need to check what you're holding on to. You need to recognize that God's holding on to you. (laughs) He's on the inside working, orchestrating, moving, and grooving. (laughs) And he just might surprise you 
on how he will deliver. What are you holding on to? For some of you, that's the question this morning. But for some of you, it all starts on the inside. And so for God to finish what he starts, he has to first start. And he starts with the first step of our obedience. First step of our obedience, because for those of you that have not been following Jesus yet, maybe you, maybe it was something that you did as a child, but then you started to go your own way. And maybe today, this will be the moment for you where you just say, you know what? I'm tired of doing this life on my own. I need to surrender my life to the one who will finish what he starts, finish what he starts. It's an inside job in you, in you, in you. Listen, you need to give your life to Jesus this morning. He's good on his word. He's good on what he says. He's the only person on the planet. He's the only person on the planet to ever claimed to be God and then proved it. He proved it. He called his shot. He gave up his life. It wasn't taken from him. He could have 100% not got, he chose fully God, fully man, God incarnate, the mystery that blows minds to the century. But it's the only way that God would. If we had a God that we could fully understand, he would no longer be God. (laughs) He gives his life on the cross, lives a perfect sinless life, defeats devil, death, and darkness by rising again in three days so that you and I can live a life here on this planet confidently. Confidently, confidently. 